The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. After view distorting the belt, they're proclaiming the real world champion. I'm going to tell you all with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. Woo! Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Captain Lou Extravaganza live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network, powered up by the Belly Up Sports Network of Podcasts. Sit back and enjoy as we bring you the latest and greatest in the world of sports, everything from the Detroit Lions to the state of Michigan sports to around the country and around the world. So what are you waiting for? Let's get out there. And let's watch the latest edition of the Captain Lou Extravaganza. And good evening, everybody. Welcome, indeed, to another edition of the Captain Lou Extravaganza. We are live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on uh, YouTube. You can check us out there. Subscribe to our network there as we've got all of our shows here. The Captain Lou Extravaganza. We've got a replay of a Aquinas College hockey game that we did there a few a couple of weeks ago. And, and the ACHA Power Play podcast are there as well. We are powered up by the Belly Up Network of Podcasts, bellyupsports.com. Check our website out. We've got a complete lineup of the best in podcasts, both audio and video. You can check out a replay of this uh, podcast. will be downloaded on iTunes, on Spotify, you name it. Check it out right here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza. Again, we are powered up by Belly Up Sports, and a uh, uh, great network of podcasts, great network of uh, of uh, writers, you name it. We've got all kinds of great articles, especially with the big game coming up, Super Bowl 57, the big game, LBII. Real easy for me to remember because I can uh, – the Super Bowl is the same age as me. So Captain Lou's 57, that means Super Bowl is 57 as well. So – we got a good show planned for you tonight. We're going to go solo tonight, kind of an in-between show, if you will, with the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks or a week and a half. We will give you an in-depth look at the game next week. Uh, I'll give you my initial initial thoughts of the contest coming up later on in the broadcast, so make sure that uh, you stick around for that as well. Again, um, really excited to be here with you tonight. Uh, kind of a last-minute thing. You know, we'll talk about a little bit later on in the show. Uh, one of my f uh, favorite relatives passed away over the weekend and one of the biggest Michigan fans that you'll ever meet. And so we'll do a little tribute to him a little bit later on. Um, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We know who's in the big game. It's Kansas City and it's uh, Philadelphia. So it's going to be a great game. I got a feeling, it, you know, right now, as we speak, it is a one and a half point spread in favor of Philadelphia. And 
if I were to bet today, if I had to, if, if I had to put my house on it or whatever, I'd go Kansas City. That's just me. But uh, I got a feeling that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a good game. Kansas City, of course, they won over Cincinnati 23-20. to 20. Uh, Great game. I know there was a lot of – there's a few mistakes in there and some questionable calls by the referees. I just I, – I, I'm, I'm getting so tired of listening to the referee bashing. You know, anybody who knows me knows that, you know, I'm a ref baiter. I, you know, a lot worse than I used to be. Um, you know, I, I came from a family of ref baiters. My dad can do it with the best of them. And uh, growing up, going to high school football and high school basketball games, everybody in the stands could referee a better game than what the referees could down there. But, you know, all kidding aside, it uh, uh, the referees didn't cause Cincinnati to lose that game. I'm sorry. They just didn't make the plays. They had the opportunities. You know, they had the ball tied with under three to go, couldn't get the first downs. I'm sorry. You know, they had an opportunity to go down, run the clock out, kick a field goal to win 23 to 20. They couldn't do it. And I just, you know, I'm tired of hearing about the referees. Don't make the stupid play on the out of bounds play. You don't hit you. You don't hit a quarterback with both feet are out of bounds. I'm sorry. And if you can't stop Mahomes, you, you know, you don't deserve to win. And, you know, I, I love Joe Burrow. I, you know, I think Cincinnati's going to be there. They're going to be a player for years. This is turning out to be an AFC rivalry that we're going to have to get used to seeing for the next decade. Throw in Buffalo, who to me is going to have to make some changes to stay up there with uh, these two teams in the AFC. But Cincinnati's for real. They're going to be back. You know, but Kansas City, you know, Joe with uh, Patrick Mahomes. You know, he lost Kadarius Tony. You know, he lost Nicole Hardman. You know, they were down to four string wide receivers and they still got it done. And the defense got it done when they had to. And I don't think their defense gets enough credit. Chandler Jones to me is amazing. If he's not one of the best defenders in the in the AFC, besides Bosa, I don't know who is. And he's proven his worth here this weekend or this past weekend. Philadelphia is going to have to deal with it. But again, I say, you know, enough with the referee bashing, please. I'm tired of that. I think Cincinnati, um, you know, they, they couldn't get it done. Give credit to the Kansas City defense to stopping Joe Burrow again when they had to. What about that drive? I mean, both teams made fantastic plays. You know, uh, T. Higgins with that catch in the end zone, it was it was so amazing to me. He just it was like he just stood up and grabbed it. You know, it, it with hardly any effort. And then of course that pass from Mahomes to uh, Scantling in the end zone. Oh my God! I mean, it was just the guy's magic. And you know. It, it's setting up to be quite the dynasty. If Kansas City could pull this one off, you got to start talking dynasty talk. And, you know, if Mahomes wins, I think he's already got – he wins this Sunday. That'll be two Super Bowl wins and three appearances in the Super Bowl. I think he's ready for the Hall of Fame already. Now, he's not Tom Brady. Not yet. 
but he's right up there. You gotta, you gotta say he's top five, top ten. He's top ten already in my book, and I know he's young, but two Super Bowl wins in three tries. If he is, even you know, they're there already, and I just, I'm excited for it. I really am. I think uh, it's going to be a great game. You know, Kansas City's defense is going to be the question. But, you know, I, I look at the other game. We'll talk about that in a moment. But, uh, you know, what a fun nightcap on Sunday night to be able to watch that. I was able to catch the second half live. I watched the highlights of the first half. Yeah, it just it, – it was back and forth. It was riveting. We can only hope that the Super Bowl is going to be that good. And I got a feeling it's going to be. I, I don't know. I, I still haven't made my determination on the over-under. But I got to tell you, I'm I'm leaning towards Kansas City in this one, and I'll tell you why in a minute. I like Philadelphia. I like Jalen Hurts. I think he's a winner. I love both these quarterbacks. I've loved Jalen Hurts. You've heard me say it more often than not. How I've you know I've liked his trek from Alabama. I've liked his trek from when he got to Oklahoma and then here to Philadelphia. He's always been kind of doubted. All the guy does is win, and he's smart. And that's what I like about these two quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, they're smart. Their IQ is incredible. The athletic ability, Mahomes might have a little bit more, but I hey, take nothing away from Jalen Hurts. You know, I think he's been undervalued, underrated. Well, his time has come. He's, he's at the big dance. And, you know, you can't say enough about that. You know, but I look at Kansas City's defense. Can they neutralize Jalen Hurts? I don't see why not. Here's my question. Well, before we get to that Philadelphia game, I want to go back to Cincinnati's game against uh, Kansas City. Here's my question. Why did they talk so much crap about Burrowhead and, you know, you know the mayor making all that stuff? You know, I understand the mayor, but why did the players give them bulletin board material? I listened to uh, Andy Reid yesterday on uh, – it was Colin Coward had him on towards the end of the or end of his show yesterday. And I was listening to him. He didn't have to say nothing to the players. The players knew. And it, it always goes back to – I just – you know, again, I look back at, you know, it, this is a trend, you know, and – People think it's, you know, I don't understand why people do this, why opposing teams do this. I've seen Michigan do it a few times, you know, talk talk crap about Michigan State and football, you know, and basketball back in the 80s. You know, you see, you see two teams do that. You know, you go out and, you know, before a game and stomp on the 50-yard the line, the logo or whatever. Why do you do that? What, you think that intimidates the other team? You know, I look at what Cincinnati was talking shit, not, oh, sorry, talking crap, you know, saying that stuff about Burrowhead and how Burrow owns Kansas City and this and that. And I'm thinking to myself, why give them extra incentive? And I think Cincinnati did that a little bit. And I'm hoping they grew up a little bit. You know, I, I love Joe Burrow. I've said this on the show. I think he, I, you know, I don't put it on him. But I look at the team in general, and they think that they can go in there. And it just, why do you add extra fuel to a team that's good, that's been there? 
And I, it goes back to me, you know, brag about it maybe after you win. But when you're in the week up to an AFC championship game and you're giving a team extra incentive, a little bit of a chip to put on that shoulder, and you got a team like Kansas City that's been there, they know what it's like to get to the Super Bowl. I just I don't understand. That's why I picked Kansas City to win. I looked at that throughout the week, and I'm thinking, wow. And I was right. I picked both winners last week. Sure made up for two weeks ago when I crapped the bed. But my both my six point teaser locks were money, and I went I went with the home teams. I just I think that uh, you know I, I just don't understand that. You know Cincinnati's a good team, like I said, they're going to be back. But why give why give Kansas City any more ammunition? And I think they did. You heard Travis Kelsey; it was hilarious. Burrowhead, my ass, you know, and you know, talk, you know, call, do, pulling out his rock imitation, you, calling the mayor a jabroni, you know, know your role. It was hilarious. But you know, now we got Kansas City, we got Philadelphia, as we mentioned, and you know, the first thing you ask is, can the Kansas City defense neutralize Jalen Hurts? That's going to be the number one question, and. You know, Jalen Hurts doesn't have to throw the deep ball. He hasn't had a great game in the playoffs. And it kind of worries me a little bit. Um, And, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from Philadelphia that had a great season. But let's take a look at their postseason. And think about what they've done. They played a New York Giants team. And I, their defense to me had, you know, they had something to do with that first game against the Giants. But, you know, Daniel Jones, you, you ever see a quarter? You, you talk about a quarterback with the deer in the headlights look. That was Daniel Jones two weeks ago against the, against the Eagles. They made him look bad. And, I mean, they dominated that. But have they gotten a free ride to the Super Bowl through the playoffs? My question is, have they been tested enough? Now, obviously, you know, last week, Brock Purdy gets hurt right away, right? So they get Josh Johnson in there. And I, I he's not going to do the job. They got him. He got concussed. So Brock Purdy had to go back in. So that raises the question. I mean, I, I'm not taking anything away from their defense. But they haven't faced a quarterback that's been there that's playoff tested like Patrick Mahomes. Now, this defense is going to be tested. And I don't know if they've been tested enough. What do you think? Leave me a note right here. Comment on our, you know, on our, on our YouTube channel. You know, the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. That's where we're airing right now. Drop me a note on Twitter, at the Real Captain Lou. Uh, my Facebook page is right there on the bottom at Real Captain Lou. Drop me an email, sweetlou1965 at yahoo.com. Have they been tested enough? I don't know if they have been. And that's what kind of worries me about Philadelphia. You know, the running game, I don't know if Kansas City really has to worry about that. You know, they've got the big playmakers. I, you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, obviously he's a runner, but. I don't know if they've been tested enough. I really don't believe they have. That's my biggest question. And, you know, I think Mahomes, 
even you know if he can get one of those two if he can get Hardman back or Tony back watch out I think Kansas City a one and a half point dog that's a great number but this is Jalen Hurts's chance he can play with that chip on his shoulder as well because you know he can make history he can you know this is Philadelphia's you know this will be their second Super Bowl in five years and uh you know, I mean, this is his chance to make history. Like I said, this, we'll see how he handles the big stage. We know how Kansas City handles it. But, you know, how much does that matter? How much does that really matter getting to the big stage if you've never been there before? You know, some of the younger guys, like New York Giant, like Daniel Jones, you know, he couldn't handle it. Philadelphia pummeled him. Cincinnati and Kansas City have been there. A team like Buffalo hasn't been able to get over the hump. They're still kind of snake bit. But this is Kansas City. They've been there. Philadelphia, some of the players have been there. Jalen Hurts hasn't. But, you know, what I like, you know, that's where I think the two weeks off is going to be good because they'll get all their prep work in this week. They'll do the fine-tuning next week. They can get through the hullabaloo with the media and all that on Monday and Tuesday and maybe Wednesday you know, with the media day and all that. But I just, I, I, I'm i interested to see what kind of pass rush they can put on Jalen Hurts, you know, if they're going to make him beat him through the air. I mean, obviously they've got uh, Devontae Smith and they've got A.J. Brown and they've got Dallas Goddard. They've got the weapons. So this is going to be a great battle of quarterbacks. I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to be a great game. Either way, you know, it's a pick 'em game right now. Like I said, it's one and a half. Kansas City is one and a half point underdog. I think the over under is 49 and a half. So uh, we'll be making our teaser lock picks next week. We'll give you the teaser lock play of the year. We were 2 0 last week. Indeed. I told you to take Philadelphia getting three and a half points and the under, under 55, I think it was. Lock, boom, shakalaka. And I told you to take Kansas City and the over, boom. We needed it. It was close, but we got it. So, you know, if you, were, if you rode the wave like I did, you made some good money last week. And so congratulations. So it was a great week for us, you know. And then I took I took both home teams. Money line made a little money. Again, you know, I took Philadelphia, uh, given the points, and I took Kansas City given the point and a half. So I mean, it was it was a profitable week, definitely. So check us out next Wednesday night for our teaser locks of the week as. Uh, it's our last one of the year for football season. We're going to put it to rest. Next week on the show, we're going to obviously preview the Super Bowl. I've got a, a Philadelphia fan. He's been on the show before. Mitch Bernstein's going to come on the program. He's mainly our baseball guy, but he's a Philadelphia guy, and I know he's geeked up, and he's going to come on and give us a Philadelphia fan perspective as well. And we'll try to get a Kansas City person on. I know a few of them. So it's going to be a great show, 7 o'clock next Wednesday night. This is kind of a breather week for us, like I mentioned. A lot going on with me personally last weekend. Couldn't really have, didn't have time to get any guests lined up. So kind of a chance for me just to 
talk a little bit on my own about my, you know, watching the games. Super Bowl has always been fun. My first Super Bowl was, uh, I, the, the first Super Bowl I can remember watching was uh, 1971. It was the one before it was Dallas winning. Or I'm sorry, it was uh, the, it was Minnesota, uh, the Miami winning. And then I remember the perfect season, 72. I remember the first Super Bowl I watched was with my dad down in our basement on a black and white TV on a Sunday afternoon. It was 1971, I believe. It was January 72. So it had been the 71 season, the 24-3 game. Then, of course, I remember watching in 73, or, you know, the perfect season, 14-7. to Garrow, your premium, trying to trying to kick that or run that uh, field goal where it got you know, with the, the botched field goal and how Washington got their only touchdown that way. Some great games, some blowout games, some great games, you know, never been to a Super Bowl in person. You know, right now, the pomp and circumstance of watching a Super Bowl game, you know, you're better off just, you know, it's more fun with friends. Obviously it's more cost prohibitive now than it ever was, but I wouldn't mind going one time. Who knows? Maybe if the Lions make it, we'll go to a Super Bowl. I know it's in Arizona. I think my stepson is down there. He lives down there. I don't think he's going to the game, but I know it's going to be kind of a wild time down there. Maybe I'll give him a call and see what it's like down there next week. But it's, it's going to be a great game. I know it is. Can't I just I'm really looking forward to it. So it'll obviously 6:30, I think, is kick next Sunday. So we'll have our Super Bowl preview next week. It should be a good one as well. Tuesday night, we'll have another edition of the ACHA Power Play, our road to Boston in the national tournament for the ACHA, the American Collegiate Hockey Association, is next week. We're going to be five weeks out from puck drop. It's always a good time. We got some a big announcement for that next week, too. Really looking forward to that, so we'll share that with you. That is Tuesday at 7 o'clock right here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. Powered up by Belly Up Sports, bellyupsports.com. Check out our website. We've got the complete listing of all of our podcasts. And check out our, our uh, assortment of writers. They, they, the articles are fantastic. They're going to be previewing the big game as well. All of, A lot of our podcasts next week from a fantasy standpoint, you name it, Philadelphia fans, Kansas City fans, the big game, it's coming to a head. LVII, Super Bowl 57 next Sunday. We've got all of that previewed and then some. Plus, anything else, you've got uh, LeBron probably going to break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record next week during Super Bowl week, probably at one of the home games. And uh, so that's going to all culminate together during Super Bowl week. So a lot to talk about next week. Who knows? Maybe next Wednesday on the extravaganza, he will have broken that record. It'll probably be either Tuesday or Thursday at home. And so hopefully he won't whine and complain about not getting a call during that game, you know, but we, we won't go there with that. Talked enough about referee bashing here with those football games. I mean, I, again, you know, I'll just touch on it real quick before we get to our next uh, topic here with Tom Brady retiring. I just, please, I, I just, it seems like whenever somebody's teams lose, it's always the referee's fault. That's what it's getting to be. And that LeBron foul on Saturday. Yeah, it was a foul, but, Something brought up. Nobody said anything about take, him taking five steps before he got hacked. 
the NBA two-step, four-step, whatever you want to call it, step. So, you know, LeBron's gotten calls for 19 years or 20 years. I just, I'm getting all this boorish, man. Every time he goes to the lane, he gets, you know, if he doesn't, if he misses a shot, he's whining. But that's the NBA mantra right now. It's really turning me off. You know, I mean, if you don't, you know, so I don't want to hear it. The superstars get the calls. The one time he doesn't get the calls and everybody's up in arms. Get out with that. I'm done with it. I'm done. The referee bashing is so boorish. You know, it's part of the game. Your team gets calls. Your team doesn't get calls. It happens all the time. Nobody's got a bigger bitch than I do about a, a game, a call costing a playoff than the Lions in Dallas. Our Lions teams go to the playoffs few and far between and we get hosed. But I'm not going to still lament about it 10 years later. So I'm done with it. So, Well, the big fella called it quits. Tom Brady. Came on this morning, uh, you know, on Twitter, announced his retirement. It was short. It was sweet. It was a little emotional, not quite like last year. I am a little surprised. I didn't think he was going to retire. I thought he was going to play another year, but he had a rough year personally. You know, with with his marriage breaking up, and you know the the team not really doing as well as he you know he planned. And he's forty five years old. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm not shocked. And I I got a feeling it's for good. He's not coming back. You can tell. You can kind of read it. I mean, we'll find out in June or August if somebody loses a quarterback. Some, you know, a team is in dire need of somebody. Like if if it doesn't go all that great in San Francisco, you know, with uh Trey Lance and uh Brock Purdy, you know, Brock Purdy not being able to participate in off-season workouts now with that UCL tear. He's going to be out six to nine months. They might call him. <clears throat> we know that uh, Jimmy G's not going to be in San Francisco, so who knows? But I just got a feeling this is it for Tom Brady. I, there, There's no going back. I think he's done. And you know what? God bless him. He's had a great career. And, you know, it's funny as, <clears throat> excuse me, I listened to a lot of the talk today. It's been, you know, that's kind of been the topic of the day, obviously. It's huge. What made him so good? Obviously, you got the seven rings, but, you know, and and all the stats, you know, the longevity, this and that. Relatively injury-free. He had the one year when he blew his knee out. But, you know, I heard something today, and I agree 110%. You know, I, I was, uh, uh, God, I can't remember who, um, anyways, what I heard and I agree with it is, you know, he sacrificed and, you know, he sacrificed his salary for years and years and years. He put winning first and, you know, other players saw that and they kind of, you know, that attracted them to him. You know, you could say he was a system quarterback, blah, blah, blah. But he made players better. His work ethic. You know, players wanted to play for him. Players wanted to play with him. And that says a lot. To me, that made him just as good as his longevity or, you know, or, you know, all the stats. That's what got him the rings. And he took less money. 
He attracted some of the other players to go there. He made them more money in the long run. That's why they wanted to play with him. That's why he was able to get guys like Antonio Brown and Randy Moss and some of the other ones, just name a few, the goofballs that came. And they, they, they won because of him. They won with him. And that says a lot. You don't see team, you don't see Aaron Rodgers doing that. Yeah. That's one of the big differences right there. Aaron Rodgers has got all the talent in the world. As much as I don't like the guy, he's talented. He's one of the most talented quarterbacks ever to play the game. And uh I think that uh, what made Tom good was, you know, he sacrificed and you know financially and other players saw that they were motivated by that and you know he was the straw that stirred the drink and and it's more evident now i think with you know with belichick not being able to win without him and you know he made a lot of guys a lot of money and i think that's part of what made him so good that and his longevity in the way he took care of himself and he got the seven rings which is great. And, you know, he's going to retire as the greatest of all time. Tell me a quarterback that's better, that that has matched him. You know, I, I know a couple of people that don't like him. I know a lot of people that don't like him. You, know, you can say anything you want about deflate gate, but no, that's not going to tarnish him. That, you know, I'm sorry that no. First ballot hall of famer. Now the question is, is it, what's Aaron Rodgers going to do? He's not going to retire. He's got 60 million reasons this year, 100 million total. He's probably he'll probably end up in New York. But this is Tom Brady's time. And he's the greatest of all time. He deserves to retire on his own terms. He's a free agent. I think he's done. I think he's done for good. I would be shocked if he comes back. And I, there's nothing left for him to prove unless he wants to win an eighth ring. He sure as hell isn't going to go to a team like uh, uh, Houston or Carolina or anything like that. If he goes anywhere, it'll be either, it'll probably be San Francisco because that division right now is in turmoil. So, anyways, God bless Tom Brady. Congratulations on a great career. You know, I, I think it's great. You know, I, he can spend more time with his family. He's a single parent now. And, uh, you know, I think you want, that's his priority. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, congratulations to Tom Brady on a great career. He's thrown for over 50 miles. I was reading some one of my friends on Facebook, Greg Chandler. I got to give him credit. He's throwing for more, for, he's throwing, is for as many miles as it takes to go from Grand Rapids to Kalamazoo, Michigan. So that's kind of funny. Anyways, that was the stat of the day. I like how he puts those up. All kudos to Greg Chandler for that. Well, everybody thought going into today, we we're going to all hail Sean Payton going to Denver. That was going to be the story. But he is going to, obviously, he was uh, maybe, uh, you know, like I said, upstaged by Tom Brady's retirement today. But everybody's thinking Denver now. Here we go again with the Denver to the Super Bowl talk. They're going to be the first place team. They're going to unseat Kansas City. Sean Payton's the savior. Can he resurrect Wilson in the Broncos? 
I don't know. I don't know. Sean or uh, Russell Wilson to me, I think the tar- there's some tarnish on that career. You know, obviously him and Pete Carroll were winning. You know, they were a winning combination in Seattle. But you know, you get the reports where he wasn't e- so easy to work with in Seattle, and definitely wasn't that easy to work with in Denver. Now Nathaniel Hackett was an absolute disaster. I get it. And you know, now you know they had their injuries. What team didn't? So my question number one is, is Russell Wilson going to be willing to adapt to Sean Payton? Is Russell Wilson, does he have it in the gas tank left? Sean Payton must see it because he wanted to go there. But if you think that they're going to go from five wins to 13 wins and get into the Super Bowl, you're nuts. Russell Wilson is not Patrick Mahomes. Russell Wilson is not Joe Burrow. Russell Wilson is not... Josh Allen. I don't even think he's Justin Herbert anymore. So that's there's two quarterbacks in his own division that he's not. No, I know can I know Denver's got a very good defense. I get that. And they've got some potential on offense. Cortland Sutherland or Cortland Sutton, I'm sorry, their running game. You know, I know they had some injuries. I get it. But keep in mind, like I said, you got Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere. Justin Herbert's not going anywhere. Who knows who's going to end up in Las Vegas? Could be Aaron Rodgers for all I know. But you've got Josh Allen. You've got Trevor Lawrence at Jacksonville. You've got, you know, you, he's going to be about the fifth best quarterback, maybe the sixth best quarterback in the AFC. Now, for Sean Payton's sake, I hope it works out. They're definitely going to be better. <laughs> I could see him as, as an eight-win team, nine-win team. And they've got a fairly easy schedule, but they still might be the third best team in that division. And until someone knocks Kansas City off, I don't think it's going to be Sean Payton, not this year, maybe in a couple of years. But, hey, you know, that's the big splash. Jim Harbaugh, you know, he didn't want to go. You know, it was weird how they interviewed five or six different people. You know, and with Harbaugh, let's get the contract signed, will you? I'm getting tired of listening to all my friends and relatives and in-laws giving me crap about Jim Harbaugh. You know, not surprised, but, you know, anyways. So Sean Payton's there. D'Amico Ryan is going to Houston. You know, I don't know if that's going to work. I go back to to what uh, when Jim Harbaugh, or I'm sorry, when uh, Tom Brady first came into the league, I want to go back to that for a minute. When he first came in and broke in and was, you know, it was all defense, defense this, defense that. Now in 2023, it's an offensive league. The rules are more catered to the quarterback, the wide receivers. I just, you know, offensive-minded coaches are where it's at right now, and I don't know if Houston made the right choice. Ryan is a great defensive mind. I take nothing away from that, from D'Amico Ryan. Houston's starting from the bottom, so maybe they can build that around defense. I don't know. Can he or is he willing to get an offensive guru in there to work with a good quarterback? We'll have to wait and see on that. That leaves Arizona and Carolina. You know Who's going to go to Arizona? That's a mess. You've got a quarterback like Kyler Murray, so aloof. Obviously, he was injured. 
you know, not the most well-respected guy in the locker room. Man, oh man, that, uh, no, I don't know. And one last thing on the coaching carousel, Kellen Moore out at Dallas right away going to Los Angeles Chargers. Now, I heard something interesting yesterday when I was traveling back from uh, up north. And everybody's been bashing Dallas, but you know, as much as I like to join them, I kind of like this what this one idea was. I can't remember who said it yesterday, but maybe you know they mutually parted. Maybe it was one of those things where Jerry Jones went to him and said, Hey, you know, after this year, we're gonna get a new coach in here, and he's gonna want his whole new staff. Now they had said maybe it was gonna be Sean Payton, but obviously that's not the case. So you might want to do yourself a favor, and if you think you can get another OC job, get yourself prepped, take it. Maybe he knew that, and he went to the Chargers right away because it was so quick after he got, quote-unquote, terminated or whatever. So I got a feeling that him and Jerry, you know, Jerry likes Jerry likes Kellen Moore, and I, you know, I don't think the parting was all that bad. I think there might be something to that. So now Kellen Moore is at uh, the Chargers. He's going to be the OC there working with Herbert. Happy for him. I think he's going to do good there. I still think you're going to see Kellen Moore as a head coach. Who knows? He could be back in Dallas if, you know, they don't do uh, if they don't do anything next year with the most overrated quarterback in the league, Dak Prescott. Just a thought. You heard it here first. Kellen Moore, if he has a good year and with the Chargers next year, he could be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys in 2024. Mark my words. You heard it here first. So, well, hey, it's been a great show. Um, really fired up for the Super Bowl next week. Kansas City and Philadelphia. Wow. I mean, it, it, again, it's going to be here next Sunday, week from Sunday. We'll give you our, our favorite things to eat for the Super Bowl show. It's going to be a fun show next Wednesday night. Really looking forward to it. We got, you know, and uh, we'll have our Captain Lou teaser lock, our last one of the year, the six-point teaser lock. We've done really well with that this year. We've made a good amount of money. I hope that for those of you that tailed along with us, you made the good money as well. So, you know, that's really looking forward to the show next, or really looking forward to the Super Bowl next week, Kansas City and Philadelphia. We talked about it earlier. I'm... The things that I'm looking at with Kansas City, or with Philadelphia especially, has their defense really been tested? Without taking anything away from them. They weren't tested last week going up against the third and fourth string quarterback. They'll get a true test this or on Sunday the 12th. That's my biggest question mark. That's why I lean a little bit towards Kansas City. Just how can you go against Patrick Mahomes? I can't. I can't do it. So... So join us for that next Wednesday night. It's going to be a great show. And, of course, we got our uh, ACHA Power Play, our next show next Tuesday night, The Road to Boston, coming up here very shortly, five or six weeks. So want to end the show tonight. Um, again, I touched about a little bit. I uh, had a close family member pass away this past uh, Wednesday. It was a week ago. I got done with the show last Wednesday. And just before I fell asleep, Got well, got the news. One of my uncles, but everybody I'm sure has 
a sports fan in their family that just loves the team or, you know, that's all they talk about. Well, my uncle Bob passed away last Sunday, last Wednesday, and he was a Michigan guy. He got me into liking Michigan more than anybody. Well, him and my dad, but my dad kind of wavers. My dad is a Michigan State fan first. Um, Lions first, Michigan State second, Michigan third. But my Uncle Bob was true and blue Michigan. The tattoo, the whole nine yards. Last summer, or last, I was about a year ago, actually, you know, his cancer came back. And, uh, you know, it was a tough go. You know, we went to Ann Arbor. They've got one of the best hospitals in the world. And, you know, they told him it was going to be a tough go. Well, they found out there really wasn't anything they could do for him. While he was in rehab in Munising last July, you know, Michigan, the football team, as some of you may know, they like to uh, they like to take um, trips with their teams. You know, they've sent them overseas. They sent them to South Africa. They've sent them to Paris. Well, this past year, the Michigan football team just toured the state of Michigan. They went over on the west side of the state. They went to the Mackinac Bridge. Then they went to Munising, my hometown. That's where my uncle was. Well, they caught wind that he how big of a Michigan fan he was. So it was arranged that the team came to see him in his hospital bed. You know, Jim Harbaugh sent him a personal private message or a personal message. The football team came in, took pictures with them, they greeted him. And I swear that it, you know, it added extra time to my uncle's life. His goal was to try to stay with us and follow Michigan all the way to the end of the year. So that was back in August. Well, we all know the, the run Michigan had. They made it to the college football playoff. You know, and obviously they didn't win it all, but they sure gave it a hell of a run. And his other goal was to follow the Lions to see how far they could go. Well, <clears> the <throat> Lions didn't quite make the playoffs, but they were relevant. They beat the Packers twice, and that was good enough for him. Well, he passed away, like I said, last Wednesday night. Biggest Michigan fan I know. So I just thought, if you'll indulge me, I would like to uh, just kind of end the show tonight, if you will, with a tribute to him in the best way that I know how. And that, of course, would happen to be to play the Michigan fight song. So, Uncle Bob, I know you're up there with uh, all of our family, and I know you probably already saw said hi to Bo Schembechler up there. So this is for you. Hail to the victors, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the 235-member Michigan Marching Band, Band Take the Field. Sir Jamie L. Nix, the M. Fanfare.
Uncle Bob, that's for you, man. God bless you. Rest in peace, my friend. And it's, uh, uh, you know, what a great way to, to end the show. And a little tribute to you. One of the world's biggest Michigan fans passed away at the age of 69. God rest, Uncle Bob. That's going to do it for the show tonight. Uh, join us again next Wednesday night for another edition of the Captain Lou Extravaganza Live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. And, of course, powered up by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Network of Podcasts. Uh, we'll be having another edition, as I mentioned, of the ACHA Power Play as well, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, right here on the Captain Lou Sports Network. Hey, it's Captain Lou here reminding you to keep your heads up, keep your sticks down, keep your feet moving, and as always, keep your minds open. Good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza, right here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. Good night, everybody. <laughs>